got some bad news for you, Dwayne. <laughs> Hans. <laughs> Booby. Eat it, Harvey. Yeah! Holy shit. I'm starting to get a bad feeling up here. Yeah! Merry Christmas. Die Hard. This is their idea of Christmas. I gotta be here for New Year's. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the movie podcast. My name is Daniel and today... We got a Christmas commentary for you. Uh, before we get to that, let me introduce who's on this panel today. Joining us is Shabazz. Ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. And Anthony. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. Oh, I'm surprised. <laughs> oh I definitely goodness. thought he'd be like, hi, everybody. Uh, it was I'm Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a mix somewhere in, in between there. Uh, if you couldn't guess already, we are talking about and we are doing a commentary for Die Hard. I think one of the greatest films and Christmas films of all time. I think mm. it doesn't get the respect it deserves as a Christmas movie. We're going to talk all about it today while we watch along. So we will count down and um, join that just in a bit. But before we do, uh, guys, I want to hear about your backgrounds with Die Hard. Shay, what about what is Die Hard? We'll just talk about the first one because it's had a very interesting uh, career after this first one. But what does Die Hard mean to you? Uh, honestly, it's it's one of my favorites. We used, I used to watch a lot as a kid. Uh, Die Hard is just phenomenal. I think Bruce Willis, he's so charismatic in this movie, too, because he starts off really quiet and you're like, oh, OK, it's whatever. But then he really gets into the character of John McClane and. You know, you got to love uh, Alan Rickman as well. He's absolutely stellar as Hans Gruber. So, yeah, I, I absolutely love these movies and uh, especially this one. It's, it's such a fun watch. I watch it every Christmas. Awesome. Anthony, how about you? Yeah, Die Hard is a staple in my in my home. Uh, we watch it all the time during Christmas. It uh, It's one of those movies growing up that you just, you always gravitate to because it's it's kind of that nostalgic action flick that you always found on TV or maybe you found your parents watching or just popped up on your on your on your on your television and you just it's on, on TBS it's Somewhere. always on TBS or city TV and you just watch it and you enjoy it and you you love Bruce Willis in it um, and then you realize after um, it is a Christmas movie. It happens during Christmas. It is a hundred percent a Christmas movie, and that's why we are going to do our commentary track on it. There you go. So I'm we're super start- excited. <laughs> we're starting off the season right. I can't believe. First of all, we're in December, and I can't believe the last commentary we did was all the way back in. Oh, oh my God! Like I, it was warm. It was definitely I warm think outside. It was like June or May. My June. goodness. Maybe April even. My God. This year, but let's 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 end the year off right. Let's have a great conversation on Die Hard. So, how this is going to work? If this is the first commentary you've ever joined us for, we got the movie queued up on our end. We're going to count down and hit play simultaneously. So, on one, we're going to go and hit play, and then we'll just see what happens. Are you guys ready on your end? We're ready. Ready. All right. So, on one, we're going to hit play. So, three, two, one. I think what's great about this movie already is how the 20th Century Fox logo just looks squished to all living hell. And it's so loud, too. I love that. (laughs) 
It still looks weird to me, though, whenever we see 20th Century Studios instead yeah. of 20th Century Fox. But it's such an iconic opening. Yeah, I agree. Ah, Gordon Company, Silver Pictures. This reminds me of Bad Boys. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the Even color though, grading of it and just the, yeah. the plane, for sure. Even though this came out before Bad Boys, it just reminds me of Bad Boys. It's just that... With the Miami sepia, sign? The Miami sign. It's very sepia. You forget that the movie takes place in LA. Right. And it's like... Is, it's interesting because that Miami sign apparently doesn't exist in real life. That's just something that they shoot to, and give people the idea like, yeah, we're in Miami. But apparently it's not actually in Miami. Wow. Didn't know that. thought there was a Miami sign. This is uh, this is me talking to everybody on the plane. Usually, I'm like, "Hey guys, you want to know how to survive air travel?" And they're like, "Are you brown? Don't talk to me." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, I'll stop talking to you right now, and I'll put my shoes back on." <laughs> Can we talk about the amount of space is in this plane? Because everyone seems like they're, I guess, it's it's only first two class. seats in each row. Like, what is going on there? First class, first class. I think that's first class. I mean, but could cops open carry on a on a plane back then? Was that allowed? I think cops I, always I think open so. carry. Yeah, I, th- I think Interesting. so. Even off duty cops, eh? Oh, look at that! You see that sexual tension with Bruce Willis and the full head of hair here? It's really weird seeing him with a full head of hair. God, that that title card, eh? Just <laughs> just die hard. That's it, lets it you know it's time to <laughs> die hard. I wonder what people expected from this film when they went to go watch it. Like, did they experience? Like, did they expect to experience this this crazy, crazy movie? Like, the just the events that happen and transpire throughout this whole movie. Did they really expect it, or was it just like the surprise and delight to them? I, I want to say it's a surprise because I feel like what was coming out around this time, like the late eighties. I mean, this is when Stallone and um arnold were just kind of like trading hits back and forth at the box office right so here comes bruce willis who yeah he's he has muscle but he's very much more the everyman type of person right he does he doesn't have the physique of a superhero Mm -hmm. in this right you see him get like beat up a lot in this movie which i don't think you really got to see arnold getting beat up and stallone being beat up in their films right 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 Except Rocky when he gets beat up. I was going to say, except for, for Rocky, but he always comes back, you know? But, like, man, Bruce Willis at the end of this film, he just looks like he's just been put through the ringer. This guy is literally Anthony. No, it's not. <laughs> this guy's cocaine cowboy. Yeah. He reminds me of Jason Bateman. Oh, okay. We got we to gotta give it out to Hart ba- uh, Bachner. Ba- he's Canadian as well, too. Uh, he's from Toronto. <laughs> the um, the actor played, here? Yeah, Ellis. He oh, just wow. plays uh, the biggest piece of shit ever in film. Yeah, that's why I'm telling you. He's Anthony. <laughs> 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 yeah, but he's a Toronto boy, though. So we got we to give him love. Oh, he's a six-mans, eh? He's a six-mans. First of all, Holly's hair, I know it's inspired by Beethoven, but it's crazy, man. <laughs> You know, she would grow up to be Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Jai Courtney. Who would have known? Who would have known? These two Gosh. kids, eh? 
these two kids sadly that's that's who they grew up i mean mary elizabeth oh, winston yeah, mary elizabeth that's cool. okay it's jai courtney we're more no. we don't like him you don't like jai no, no, courtney no. i don't like jai courtney's character in die hard five lift what's it called <sighs> live for your die hard I, good, I just, no good day to die hard good day, oh, to, good die day hard. to die hard sorry yeah hmm. i think jai courtney is you know another taylor kitchener they're just Hollywood wants to make him. Hollywood wants to make him a star. I did like Jai Courtney though as Boomerang though. Yeah, Boomerang. yeah, that's Devin what Boomerang? I was going to say. He's yeah. he's done well with Boomerang, and I think it's in the influx of Australian actors that has kind of like, I guess maybe he got lost in the mix because there's Jai Courtney and then there's Sam Worthington and then there's Liam Hemsworth and Chris Hemsworth and then there's you know. Uh, Russell Crowe. There's so many of these Australian actors. You just kind of get lost in the the, the Australian uh, marathon of of male leads. Right. I also think Sam Worthington is another guy who also Hollywood keeps trying to make him, but he's not being made. Yeah, but I mean, like, what has he really done other than Avatar and like they Terminator, are like Terminator, Terminator Salvation and. Yeah. Wrath of they've the Titans. Tried. No, they've tried know? with him. But people aren't buying him. Argyle. Shout out to every Argyle. Time, growing up, every time I've seen this guy, it reminds me of Michael Jackson. The glasses, yeah, the hair, the yeah, face. Yeah. He's it's got like, a similar smile, too. Yeah. yeah. Also, a very interesting name, Argyle. Yeah. Oh, that's what you want to hear when you first get to uh, a <laughs> new, new city. I always wonder, like, what happened to these actors? Like, where did Argyle go? Did he, did he star in any more movies? Because I never remember seeing him ever again. We can find out through the magic of the internet. Mm. Let's find out. But this film, just, it just has such a, an 80s look to it, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's so weird though like I'll, like I'll be honest like with everything that's happened this year it's so it still feels foreign to me as much as I love Christmas I love Christmas but it still feels so foreign watching a Christmas movie right now because mentally it doesn't feel like it's December no not you know yet. what I mean right. like I'm still I'm still like in spring yeah it came and went this year man Argyle does not look like Argyle no more. <laughs> oh no! What's his oh, name? Like De- Devor something? Devorne? De- De- Devro White? Damn! Does he not look? Does he not look like he, him anymore? He does not look anything like him anymore. He's fifty-five years old now. Crazy. I'm sure he's young here. Yeah, he was around 22 when this movie came out. Interesting. Or was being made. So he's a, he's, he's a youngin. I think we've done more research into Argyle than most people have. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to be looking at like Google Analytics and be like, what's this peak on my name? <laughs> In Canada. <laughs> on Canada. Did I do something there? <laughs> okay. 
What do you think of the um, the name of the building? Nakatomi Plaza. Plaza. Yeah. Nakatomi Plaza. That's the actual Fox headquarters, apparently. That they shot that the the outside of it. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I don't. It's interesting. I feel like it's iconic now. Like when I when I think of it. But and I and I was I'm like, oh, I want to see Nakatomi Plaza when I go to LA. And I'm like, oh, it's not a real like Plaza. Plaza. <laughs> there is a um, a Mondo print that is very famous for Die Hard, where the Nakatomi Plaza is inside of a snow globe, and the snow globe is completely cracked, indicating like that Die Hard theme. That's and, very cool, and it's very very cool. And they don't show anything else other than like this big snow globe with, you know, it's kind of snowing, but Nakatomi Plaza right in the middle and it says die hard right underneath it. That's awesome. Is, That's yeah. really cool. But yeah, I always, it's, it's funny. I always think of like whenever like I'm walking the streets of downtown and just like seeing the buildings and seeing like the concierges at the front of the buildings. I'm always thinking like, damn, man, I wonder if they're ever like scared of, <laughs> you know, terrorists coming in and pulling a diehard on them also oh. shout out to that keyboard that is not a QWERTY keyboard it's just let's put the letters in alphabetical order also look at this touchscreen technology now it's <laughs> super super advanced and it's like this was like the thing in the movie that people were like you think we'll ever get to do this one day yeah seriously i feel like technology has been around for a very long time it's just we haven't really utilized it like touchscreen for instance this wasn't like the touchscreen that we have on phones but it's still a version of a touchscreen right right but look at those buttons on his desk man is he launching a rocket what's going on there yeah it's <laughs> the whole He's like yeah mission control repertoire. Is, uh security guard one <laughs> He's checking with the cameras, you know, this creepy guy over here. <laughs> this guy's so creepy. He's just like, hey, man. I'm here. Like, okay. You're not from around here, I can tell. <laughs> that guy so, hates his job, too. <laughs> literally. So awkward when you're just staring at someone and they're just staring back at you and mm -hmm. you have nothing to say. <laughs> So I think this is his first time really seeing what his wife does and where she works, really. Yeah, right. So he, yeah, he's getting. Separated. He's yeah. He's like they're estranged. Yeah, and he's kind of being. You get that that shock value of like yeah. New York City versus LA, that East exactly. Coast versus West Coast mentality, right? And he's like, "Ugh, I don't even want to be here. I don't want to deal with these type of people." That's that's you whenever you come to record too. That's literally how what you say to me yeah, as man. I open the door for you. I walk in without my shoes. <laughs> I have I have an AK forty seven on me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> He's just like, what the <laughs> heck is, is LA all about? There is it. I'd be I'd be so upset if someone like randomly came up to me and kissed me too. I'm like, I don't know you. I don't. So I don't know. Yeah. Now <laughs> nowadays, no, no. And any time of the year, no one can come up and kiss to me. It's such a uh, personal thing. What if they have big lips? 
What does that mean, though? <laughs> like, their lips are so gigantic that they bump into people with their lips? Maybe yeah, they can't help it, you know? Maybe they can't help it. Do you guys like kissing random people? That's, that's the vibe that I'm getting right now. No, no, no. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to make sense of what Anthony said. I, I, I do not want that to happen to me. Oh, there he is. Oh, God. Uh, you know, I was just, I was just uh, making a call. Oh. The amount of times I've ran into Anthony doing the exact same thing. Uh, is so far, I'm never, licking my teeth. I imagine. <laughs> Using my finger to brush my <laughs> teeth. Just, yeah, it's always really weird. I'm like, Anthony, he has a toothbrush right there. Why are you doing this? Can we talk you know, about oh, this office right now and this yeah. scenery? <laughs> oh, you mean this, this is eighties as hell, you know? What is it about Ellis though? Do you think it's a smile? Do you think it's his beard? I think it's his do you think it's that do you think it's that laugh he just did? It's, it's his it's beard. Definitely both. His beard, his hair. He does remind me of, like I said, like um American Psycho dude. But um like Christian Patrick Bale? Bateman? Patrick Bateman. Sorry, did I say Jason Bateman before? Yeah. I, did, yeah. I, I literally made that mistake the other I day. Meant my, Patrick sister, Bateman. <laughs> my sister's trying to tell me to watch Ozark. I'm like, yeah, with Patrick Bateman? And she's like, no, I'll be honest, it's not. I'm like, oh, yeah, Jason. Yeah, like, it was like in the beginning when you said, yeah, like he's like Jason Bateman. And I'm like, I can't find the connection, <laughs> really, but sure. <laughs> oh, God. Ooh. Oh, I always wanted a God. Rolex. Not because of the movie, but Timeless. Is Rolex it was Rolex the one that had that like really good commercial with all the different movies? Like yeah, throughout they, the years? They they usually do I mean, the Oscars? Yes, the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're the ones with James Cameron and, like, and Mar- I think about Marty, yeah. Yeah. We can all agree, though, that the first Die Hard is the only essential Die Hard, though, right? Correct. Correct. I do, I do love Die Hard 3, though. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah, I love Die Hard 3. And the rest are just there. Yeah. Does Die Hard 2 take place during in the air- Christmas? In a, it's uh, winter. Winter in an airport. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if it's Christmas. I honestly don't remember. Yeah, I don't know if it's Christmas either, but I know that it's winter for sure. Die Hard 2. Let's take a look. Doesn't say. Come on, IMDb. I think this movie also inspired people to just start rocking... uh, Wife beaters all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Man, everybody's fucking and doing drugs in this in this workplace. This was this how what eighties was like and working in an office in LA for sure. And, and uh, people just like for sure just, just doing drugs and having sex. <laughs> you know, they're, they're at the tail end of the eighties. That's what they had to do. So Die Hard 2 does take place during Christmas as well. Interesting. Yeah. Some people consider it the better of the Christmas themed 
diehard films. Because it's more Christmassy, because it takes place, I think, in Chicago. Interesting. Or, sorry, Washington on Christmas Eve. Takes place in Dulles Airport. So it's about to go off in a couple of minutes. It's so crazy that like this movie like just starts and there's, and it just within how many minutes have passed right now? I think within 20, like within like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. The 17 minute mark. Yeah. Yeah. We're already into what's about to happen. And I think that's, what's so special about this movie that uh, obviously one of the many things, but there's also like, there's no fat on this movie. No. You know, it's just one of those films that it knows exactly what it is and it just goes for it from beginning to end. You're just like, you're just enthralled. And, it, and it's like you guys said, like, it's one of those films that even regardless of the time of year, if it was on TV, I would watch it. And like, it could be halfway through with commercials and I'll watch it just because like, it's that good. That's our first casualty. I can't stand Theo at all. I think he's so annoying. Every time I watch this movie, I'm like, just shut up, dude. Just shut me up. <laughs> Theo reminds me of the dude from Terminator 2. Yes. Oh, I mean, less annoying, for sure. Less annoying, but like, just... Both nerdy. Just nerdy. And they have the same, like characteristics and I always mm-hmm. pictured the two together I'm like maybe this is his step like his, his brother oh I feel like we don't get like those blood like those blood squibs no anymore in uh, in action films let's let's see let's get our money shot there he is there's the man And of course, throughout this film as well, um, we get the Beethoven's Fifth Symphony kind of throughout the score of the film, you know? Like, we got a minor version of there when we got Hans Gruber. Really nice touch. You think it was hard to hack back in the day? Dude, not by... If I learned anything from 80s and 90s movies, hacking was just like, I'm in. It was, yeah, very it, was easy. Just, it was a few pushes of the button. That's it. If anything, it was too easy. Yeah. I feel like with our knowledge now that if we were to go back to the 80s, we could hack anything. Oh, I think so. Dude, yeah. you, you want to take over a building? Close the garage doors? We could 100% do that. Yeah, like no one's tweeting about this right now. You know? Also, he found a lot of Germans to come with him. <laughs> That's the entire LA population of Germans. Yeah. But are they all German? Or are they just... Oh, they're like Hungarian and German, I think. Right? Yeah. And Austrian. 
Maybe a couple Canadians in there too. Who knows? No, no, no. We wouldn't do this. We wouldn't take all the money. <laughs> We'd give them the money. We'd be like, hey, I, I'm really sorry. I'm just sorry wanna. About that. Now, before this, was Alan Rickman a known, known to the, we'll say, American movie audience? Or is this I think his it was more, breakout role? Uh, I think maybe for American audiences in North America, this was like his, th- this was like, this was technically his first film, because yeah, I believe he was just a stage actor before and a, yeah. like a television star, right? Be- so. before, yeah, before this, he was literally only doing TV series. That he hit, he hit Die Hard Man. Sorry, Die Hard. Sorry, he hit Die Hard, <laughs> and he hit the January Man, and then from there he just kind of kept going, you know. Yeah. yeah, this was technically his first film role. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So we see the pan from the feet to. Uh, it's Tarantino's to- favorite shot too. Yeah. God. <laughs> so you- directors are already signifying something's going to happen, and. He doesn't have his shoes on. And as soon as you see kids too, like him reflecting on the kids, you just know like you're, that's such an easy thing to do to get you to root for the main character, you know? Yeah. And the foreshadowing is just. Crazy. Look at that wired telephones. So bizarre, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's what happens, man. You take too long, just... Yeah, cut them off. <laughs> the thing I don't get is, like, they're on the same team. Like, why would you yeah. do this to him? You know, I'm just rushing him. <laughs> it's really unnecessary. <laughs> like, if he didn't do it, they would have messed up. Do you think, like, cutting through wires like that, wouldn't that, like, electrocute you in some form? Not, or- not in the 80s. They didn't have electricity <laughs> back then. I know he cut the phone wires, but like, there were still like a lot of wires. Yeah. <laughs> hey, are those guys holding guns? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, oh who's, who's popping champagne? What's going on? This is definitely LA. <laughs> oh, she's she's slipping. Oh, we see some, we see some boobs here pretty soon, don't we? I think yeah. I do. Yeah. As a kid, this is definitely a moment of like, huh? A hundred percent. Right here. There it is. Yep. It's not an 80s movies without them. Also, another sign that you were evil in the 80s, if you had a ponytail. Yeah. Or just long hair, I think. Long, yeah. blonde hair. Yeah. And you talk like a German. Yeah, that, and that was the thing, right? I guess because people were coming out of, like, like the Cold War era, and, like, a lot of Eastern Europeans were the villains then. You had movies like Red Dawn and stuff like that, too. 80s were very much, like, anti-Soviet movies, yeah. you know? 100%. It was around the time 
it was around the time of the 90s and the Gulf War when uh, my people became the enemies in every movie. Like, it started with, I remember True Lies is just like, fuck my family, you know, kind of movie. <laughs> God. It's also such a great movie, though. True Lies. It's interesting how you see that reflected in films a lot. Like, what's yeah. going on? Like, who who people perceive as enemies. Yeah, like, right now, right now, the villains in movies are still pretty much, like, Arabs and Muslims. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think maybe they'll go back to Russia. Who knows? Yeah. They need to start making Americans the bad guys in movies because, I mean, it seems like they are the actual bad guys, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, you know, I'm sure we'll get there, you know? Come 2021. He's so good, Alan Rickman. Rest in peace. Turn what a legend. to page 394. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> He's a really good villain. Yeah. He just has this presence that's Mm-mm. just automatically intimidating. And then with Die Hard 3, the tie-in with the brother, so and good. Jeremy Irons, he was also another, a really good villain. Another iconic voice, you know? Mm-hmm. Simon Says. And that movie started off as, like, another movie, then they turned yes. it into a Die Hard movie, which is yeah. funny. Great film. It is a great film. Sam Jackson is great in that movie. So this guy doesn't know who he is, and he's just entered the building, taken over the whole, the whole uh, floor, but he doesn't know who Mr. Nakatomi is, which is so funny. Mm-hmm. You think he would have done his research by then and have like some sort of <laughs> photo of the guy he's about to... kill or take money from And they're looking for bank notes, right? Like stock notes? Bonds, yeah, bonds. Bonds. This was the first time I've ever seen like a villain rob, like not not in the sense of robbing money, but robbing like for pieces of paper. I never understood like what are those big certificates for? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because like 
if not seeing like having a heist or having like pulling a mission like that and not having it of actual like physical money you're just like what what use is this to you right (laughs) how did he not hear them in there Damn, this is top. This is top level technology here, guys. This is I'm, I'm loading a game right now. I think <laughs> this reminds me of the Matrix in the opening. Like, are you awake? <laughs> Whoa, man! Alan Rickman is so good, man. He scares me. <laughs> Gone too, gone too soon, honestly. Way too soon, yeah. Oh, shit. Damn. I mean, I, I think I, I said I would I would put them up there with terrorists. They're no. causing terror. I always love like Bruce Willis's like movements. Some <laughs> just feels like just so over the top. Like his crawl right now, he's just like he's just getting in there, you know. Yeah, he does have interesting posture when he's moving right when he's moving it's so funny how we've evolved from how to handle a gun and how you would actually handle a gun like what you would see in the 80s and 90s even early 2000s of people holding weapons to getting john wick who is actually properly holding a gun like someone who's been trained to hold a weapon right. would hold it you know they wouldn't crawl like <laughs> bruce Will- uh, um, yeah bruce willis on the floor because like it i just feel like he's tactical. In such a, he, he's in such a compromised state right now he's like yeah. literally belly to the ground i'm like what are you gonna what are you gonna do john it's a nice sweater though that uh What's his face is wearing? Theo's wearing. And he does, man. Oh my god. Just everywhere. Again, it's just one of those things that it goes against the expectations of what you think is going to happen, right? Right. Yeah. Like, you'll just have to kill me. And he's like, okay, I will. And he does it. Yeah. This movie did a really good job of subverting your expectations. Especially with the the villain type of character who usually has that monologue that continues and continues, but never like 
succeeds with anything. Alan Rickman was, you know, if you don't give me the answer, you're dead. And exactly. You die. That's it. <laughs> Such an awkward smile. <laughs> Argo's just jamming though. Argo ain't got no time for you. He's having a good time, man. This uh this area reminds me of Terminator 2 with uh when the T1000's chasing them. Oh, you mean at the very end of the film when they're in the yeah. warehouse? Yeah. Yeah. In the in the melting smelting place. There's always a giant metal door, reinforced steel, all that jazz, you know? Always, yeah. It had to it had to be like so over the top. Let's have this vault. Every every uh CEO had a giant vault in their office too that they yeah. kept all their <laughs> all their treasures, you know? So true. And it's like the state of the art vault that doesn't really exist ever. No. <laughs> I've never seen a vault like that. Retinal scan, ass scan. <laughs> ass scan. Yeah. It's, man. Everyone's ass is different, right? It's like that uh, vault in uh, Rogue Nation, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, where it like learns how you walk. Yeah. <laughs> but I, what if I walk differently that day? And it's crazy because vaults don't really exist as much as they used to because everything is electronic. It's computer basically says you have this money or you don't. Yeah. It's not a vault that really holds money anymore, and they they've limited the amount of money they make compared to what they used to 20, 30 years ago. We're about to be introduced to one of our other heroes in the film. <laughs> he was super excited to get the I love that he spoke to himself too. Yeah. Like it was it was a nice character trait. Like obviously he's going to be alone a lot of the movie, so like how do we get how do we give this guy lines? Well, he's going to talk to himself. Yeah. If Harry Potter was a villain, this is this is him. <laughs> okay. With those tight those tight uh track pants. Joggers. Joggers, I believe, in German. <laughs> Dude, the guy looks like a blonde Harry Potter. 
<laughs> he does. <laughs> like he's got like a little bit of Draco in him, but a lot of Harry Potter. You also just know that these a lot of these guys were just just huge bodybuilders, well, too, because like yeah. they're all like ridiculously huge, huge, you know. Man, eighties were blonde, jacked, tan, big glasses, you big know? glasses. Such a interesting a decade. Cocaine. <laughs> I was gonna say that too. Who could have that been? Great line. Great line. Also, he just shot the cast and the crew. Everyone's dead in that building right now. (laughs) That was on that floor. Have you ever been thrown through drywall? No. Uh, not this year. Not yet. Uh. No. Have you, Anthony? No, I'm just asking. I've actually pushed uh, my sister um, into, like, she was, like, doing, like, we were, like, horse playing in the house, and I pushed her, and her butt got stuck in the drywall. Oh. Well, so we had crazy. a huge, like, ass shape in our, um, in one of our rooms in our old house for a little while until we fixed it. I'm sure she's glad you're telling that story. Oh, that's a great story. It's a great story. Oh, he's dead, yeah. That guy, yeah, he's not getting up. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Did computers make that those sounds, too? <laughs> like, <laughs> Damn. I wonder who programmed it. You know, there must have been some programmer who created those computer graphics to show up on a computer you know like that team that does that type of stuff yeah it's just funny like how did they do it like what technology did they use (laughs) i always wonder like how some of these things they did in the past how they made it happen because right now i can go on my computer i can build i could design something like that with the technology i have now but how was it possible back then without yeah Yeah. it was a lot of work clearly Right, it, it, and it's funny you say that though, because like, yeah, you think we see it now. I'm like, oh, look how low tech that is. But back then, that was probably just like, oh man, we're gonna, people are going to be blown away by this like electronic like computer that runs this building. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I've been uh, this week, I've been watching all the appendices for the Lord of the Rings films and seeing how they how seeing them talk about the visual effects even just 20 years ago. Um, and they're like, yeah, we're doing like cutting edge stuff with the motion. We're doing something called like motion capture and, and rotoscoping. And, and like, now it's like people just do that on their, on their family computers. And it's right. like back like 20 years ago, like this is like bleeding edge technology. I was always scared of being trapped in an elevator growing up. I have been trapped in the elevator growing up. Me too. Not growing up, but like, like I didn't grow up in an elevator. Yeah. Oh, okay. A, as a child, I, I was trapped in one. How long were you? I'll ask both of you. So Shay first. How long were you trapped in an elevator for Shay? Uh, it's been a few times actually. And oh God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just hit the stop button for fun. No, no. I I it's happened at least two or three times in my life, 
Um, and it was okay. I was like, did the fire department have to come? No, they just ended up like getting it to work eventually. It wasn't really like in the movies. So you're telling me they didn't cut the cable at the top? You didn't um, fall the way down? So what happened is I remember there was two people on top and one guy was like, there is no spoon. And then all of a sudden my elevator dropped to the bottom oh. and into a fiery mess. So that was awful. Uh, but no, nothing, nothing like that. Literally, it was, oh, this is one of the greatest scenes. What about you, Anthony? What was your... Uh... I was... Um, a bunch of us got trapped in the elevator because we were trying to surprise one of, our fr- one of my friends for their birthday. And for some reason, we all thought, let's all enter the elevator. And I think there was like 20 or 30 of us. And the elevator got stuck. We were over weight capacity and the door wouldn't open. Uh, so, yeah, we had to call the fire department, and they had to come and rescue us. And it was one of those elevators where it was halfway down, halfway up. So, when they opened the doors, you had to, like, crawl through. Oh, God. Man. So, you're what worried if it closed that on you, what man? if it closes and it just chops your body down, you know, like one oh, of those. But it didn't happen to anyone, clearly. Uh, I'm still good. alive. We lost That's a few a- friends that day, huh? Well, Shay, when we were in San Francisco, I remember yeah. us being in an elevator that wouldn't close because there were too many people on it. Yes. And then somebody got off. I remember that one, yeah. And there was that guy. Remember that guy that I was in the elevator with that us? Guy. He who, was such we, a piece of shit. We were going to the Cheesecake Factory, um, and like we literally had to ride an elevator up. I forgot where in San Fran. It was like right downtown. It was literally in Union Square, yeah. Yeah, it was like right downtown SF. And like we were on the elevator... <laughs> and somebody ended up getting off, and then as it went up, I guess somebody in the elevator who, who was smoking weed earlier that day, he just like yells, "It smells like ganja in here." Shane <laughs> are just like, "What? What? What do we do?" <laughs> but like he was such an it wasn't us, it but he was such an asshole. Yeah, he and was like, like he refused to get off the elevator too and stuff. Oh, yeah, more breath we at weight you. capacity, and we're like, dude, oh, more boobies. Yeah, um, he was just a piece of shit. I hope he's listening right now. <laughs> yeah it's like oh that was me i hope you've changed your ways man. yeah man it's if the holidays not, fuck you are you angry in a movie if you don't flip a desk no thank well, you that's his like brother him. right i think that's his brother yeah this actor actually died at a very young age he died in 1995 oh wow was, was he uh was, was he a bodybuilder um his name was Alexander Gud- Godunov. Um, it doesn't look like a bodybuilder, but he was from the USSR. Could have been a bodybuilder. Mm. But he passed away at 45. Oh, that's not old at oh, all. Wow. He passed away of natural causes, according to his physician. That's kind of scary. He lived with Jacqueline Bissett from 1981 to 1988. <laughs> Man, where are you getting these facts from? Um, I'm getting them from the IMDb, which is okay. Internet say, movie did database. his physician call you, man?
You know what's another Christmas movie that I watch a lot during Christmas? That what's is that? not really a Christmas movie? Alien. Alien oh. and Alien 2. Really? Because usually, growing up, they would have it on the sci-fi channel. A lot. You're right. On You're New right. Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Like that, they would always have Alien. It's, it's yeah. funny, though, like... This I think we'll we'll probably talk about this on an episode in the movie podcast again, which you can catch every single Monday across all your favorite podcast services. Um, that there's a lot of movies that are aren't Christmas movies, but remind me of Christmas, like Lord of the Rings. I've I've, I've been watching the behind the scenes, anticipating the 4K movies. Nothing about those films is Christmas themed. There's no Christmas in Middle Earth, but it's always those films that remind me of Christmas. They came out around Christmas. Just like Anthony said, there was always a marathon of them on around Christmas too. So I guess that TV channels would just put on movies that are popular and like have a series. So people would kind of stay, I guess on that channel. Mm-hmm. It was much music and much music, sorry, city TV um, and sci-fi channel. Yep. Or space it, back in the day for us. Space, right? Yeah. But why wouldn't these cops take him seriously? That's what I'm just curious about, you know? Because he's from New York and he's not from LA. (laughs) Here's our boy, though, Reginald Val Johnson, aka Al Powell. They're for my wife. Also, fuck this guy. (laughs) Like, yeah. What what, what are you looking, motherfucker? Yeah, this jabroni Wario guy. <laughs> the guy did buy a lot of Twinkies. It's a yeah, long wife, night, though. man. Yeah, I know that, but like, how many Twinkies does your wife need? 99 cents for uh, coffee. You guys know what the tagline for this movie was? Sometimes you just gotta die hard. No, what was it? Something about Christmas. Christmas, this Christmas, you will die hard. It's Christmas Eve in LA, and the party's actions, (laughs) the party actions about to explode on the 40th floor. Suspense, excitement, adventure on every level, 40 stories high, with suspense, excitement, and adventure on every level. Interesting. That's a lot. And on the poster itself, it says uh, 40 stories of sheer adventure. And there's, uh, like, on the poster, it says, high above the city of LA, a team of terrorists have seized a building, taking, uh, taken hostages, and declared war. One man has managed to escape, an off-duty cop hiding somewhere inside. He's alone, and the only chance an- an- anyone has got. That literally is all on the main poster for this film. Wow. That's, that's a, a lot. lot to handle. That's, when, that's back when movie posters had such long, like, like mini blurbs on them. That, that's what when, they were all about. Yeah, that's when you didn't have phones, so you'd be able to just look at the movie poster for a while instead of just do, having it in the background. Do you remember going to the newspaper and looking up showtimes and looking at the posters for those showtimes? Always. 100%. Holy shit. That just reminded me. Like, I, I totally forgot about that. And you just reminded me of it. Like, I remember going to the Toronto Sun. You go to the back, and yep. there is a Showtimes for the movies, and they have the movie posters, and they would build that excitement for you. And holy shit, that is, that's long gone. 
Yeah. I, I remember when, yeah, it used to be the movie phone as well. Like you'd call and it would tell you the movie times and like everything too. Um, and then they, I remember when they first, I think, launched tribute.ca, you could browse movie times on there. Yeah, you could. And then I remember uh, movietickets.com was a big one too back in the day too, that yeah. I remember seeing like ads for all the time. Yep. Um, related to your previous comment about wife beaters, the costume department <laughs> had 17... Okay, the, the piece of fashion, okay, yes. <laughs> 17 undershirts in various stages of uh, de- degradation, degrad- degradation on hand for Bruce Willis. Degradation. Is that my spell? Am I pronouncing that right? Degradation? Yeah. yeah. So he had 17 versions of this undershirt. In different forms of battle. Just in case. Just in case. Another really cool fact about this movie is it's it's been registered as a um, culturally historical and aesthetically significant film by the Library of Congress. Oh, wow. So they've preserved this film for the future. Because I know a couple of, like, a couple of years ago, they started, like, I think since... 70s or 80s they started to like preserve films that have historically been viewed and has some sort of kind of significance in culture so they don't degrade because they realize like a lot of these films that were taken in the 30s and 40s 50s 60s 70s they've been not handled properly and they've been left on the shelves to to degrade and basically the library of congress kind of takes the old canisters preserves them properly so they don't degrade um restores them digitizes them as well so they'll always be a record in history that's amazing you 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 think about that kind of stuff and i I have another point like kind of related to this but like you think about like once these films are made and like, I know even when we make episodes, like there's a lot of things that I just kind of throw in the trash afterwards. Like once we've recorded an episode, if I have to edit out an opening or, Oh, iconic shot right here in the, Mm -hmm. in the vents. But like, there's so many things that like, you wonder, like there's probably so many outtakes and things like that, that get preserved. And I'm, it's cool that it's actually now saved to always be able to reference and everything Shay and I like like when we were in the uh the Paramount vault in the Warner Brothers vault we saw like the the reels of film in there and you actually see the films that were like sent to different like theaters and things like that upon their release and it's just it's just crazy seeing what even the studios do that like yeah like they're like yeah the whole studio could basically burn down but this room will be safe because that's how it was built to right people just dying outside yeah but But the the godfather three is remaining okay but the godfather print of of three is okay yeah i'm interested to see who was nominated this year for historical significance 
I, I hope we get, like, now that we're in a very much a digital future, mm-hmm. I hope we get legislation and, like, kind of rules set for digital film ownership that that gets preserved, too. I know, I know it's not as related to what we're talking about, but I'm just talking about the preservation of owning a film. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that I hope gets really kind of sorted out. Because I know, I would say iTunes is probably the best for it right now, but again, who knows what the next 5, 10, 15 years will bring, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they haven't done anything for 2020 yet. <laughs> Have there been films that released in 2020? I honestly forget. No, but I mean, like, they haven't, uh, because <laughs> they every haven't year they do, they add to this. It's like a uh, Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. Basically. They did, for 2019, they did Amadeus, uh, Boys Don't Cry, Clerks. Uh, da, 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 let's see, anything that people would know. Mm, yeah. What's it called? The, like, in Congress or what? What's it called? Oh, it's the National. Let me. Uh, the National Film Registry. Mm-hmm. I remember when they did Amadeus. Library of Congress. It. That's that's what reminded me of it. Do the films have to be a certain age before they get indoctrinated into that? I'm assuming ten years. Um, something like that. Yeah. I think the very first films to be in. Inducted was it sort of started in 1989, and there was quite a bit of them. Star Wars being one of them. Casablanca, yeah. Doctor Strange, Wizard of Oz, makes Gone sense. Of, yeah, like to have your film in this registry, you are like the film has some s- cultural significance, correct? So, Die Hard being a huge significance in the 80s and representing quite a bit of stuff in terms of action films and just the, the type of experience you've, you've had in a film. This is a prequel film for Carl Winslow as well, too, for Family right. Matters. Right. This is the, this is what started that franchise as well. That <laughs> oh, you got all the, you got the new, uh, TV Max 9000 here. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's a little aggressive. That, that guy definitely sounds evil. <laughs> A little bit of trivia related to the cinematographer for Die Hard. Does anyone know who he is? No. I don't, know. He goes by the name of Jean DeBont. Wait, Jean DeBont did the cinematography as well? Yeah. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Oh, he's dead, dude. So did, was John DeBont a cinematographer before he became a director? Yes, I believe so. Interesting. I think his first movie, if I'm 
Correct. It's well, speed. speed. Yeah, it speed, is speed was the first one. Twister, Speed 2, Cruise Control, The Haunting, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life, and that's it. The only movie of his that I haven't seen is Speed 2. Yeah, but uh, I remember The Haunting really well because there's a scene in it where Owen Wilson's head gets ripped off by like this uh, pendulum looking thing, like a lion head pendulum. And I remember I saw that in theaters and it scared the shit out of me. And you were young to see that in theaters, man. I was eight years old. Even the director, John McTiernan, he hasn't really directed a lot of films. No, McTiernan hasn't directed much. Like his last film was 2003, and it was basic with John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson. Which was, um, I'm not going to say it was a bad film, but it was, it was, it was decent, but like, it's not memorable, like Die Hard or Predator or even The Hunt for the Red October. Great line. Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> I love Argyle so much, man. He's just, he's just happy. He's living his he's best living life. He's a good time, you know? Again, what? I don't know what, like, freelance driver stays in one spot all night, you know, instead of getting, like, other jobs, but it's cool. Especially, like, the age before the internet, you know? Like, you'd think that he'd be, like, oh, I'm, like, busy on his phone, but he's like, no, he's just talking to some fly honey, you know? You know? <laughs> also, I love how, like, cars, like, I feel like so many cars in like the eighties and nineties just look like giant boats, like it's just just giant steel traps of death. Right, right. I would say the eighties for American cars were pretty awful designs. Pretty ugly, right? Yeah, they were boat hard cars. There's no big long. Did you say boat hard? Is that a <laughs> boat looking (laughs) structurally I would say if you got into an accident they would you know you would survive because they were like literally just chunks of steel oh for sure what car was it that if you hit it from like behind it would blow up was it a Pinto I'm not too sure now another bit of trivia Richard Gere, Sylvester Stallone, Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Clint Eastwood, Robert De Niro, Charles Bronson, Don Johnson, Richard Dean Anderson, and Michael Madison were considered Are all actors, but declined <laughs> the role of John McClane. Can you Crazy. Ima- can you imagine like Sylvester Stallone or even Clint Eastwood as John McClane? No, I can I, can I can't at all. <laughs> I can imagine um, Sylvester trying, but not being anywhere near as charming. No, because Bruce just has that that snark and that that like just like right now, like he's just like like I can't picture Stallone doing that, you yeah. know. And it's funny because I was <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say like oh yeah because his language barrier, but I'm like it's not Stallone just has a way of talking that wouldn't make sense for him to to talk yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and to answer my. Uh, my stand from before it was a ford pinto if you rear-ended a ford pinto um it's not good 
So during this, I guess, year or this decade, uh, Bruce Willis was more of a TV star as well, just like Alan Rickman doing Moonlighting. This was uh, his first, we'll say, big budget film. Everything else was little, little peasy stuff here and there. Mario Rogers. Sequence shit. It doesn't sound like that. I don't know why I'm thinking of that voice. You came in? <laughs> Having a seizure, man. Help me. This guy is playing that over-the-top reporter. Gotta get... We'll, we'll, we'll get do anything to uh, get that story. Yeah. Anything to get it. <laughs> what kind of look was that? Man, 80s are crazy. He had the detonator. Oh, his Bane here. Like Bruce, he kind of sounds like Ryan Gosling a little bit here, the way he talks. Like, mm-hmm. like in Drive, he just kind of t- talks like this, like very just, you know. Yeah, I can I hear drive. it. A He was a great cop. (laughs) 
it's almost an interesting shot because there's like it looked like he was having a moment of clarity in that scene. Exactly. But it's like, oh, he's not. He's just a piece of shit still. Honestly, it's funny because when you watch this movie right now and you look at Paul Gleason's character and you're like, oh, man, no one could be this stupid and annoying. And you look at the news nowadays and you look at Trump like, oh, no. Yeah, like people people are that dumb. It's true. A little TV, you know? Oh. Damn. Sick burn. I feel like there is some sort of like empathy that Mr. Hans Gruber has for the people that he's about to. Damn, Anthony well, has Stockholm syndrome, eh? He's kept hostage. <laughs> I don't think his purpose is to kill anyone, but you know, if you get in the way. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because he's he, he's very likable still as a villain. Mm-hmm. But, like, he did show empathy at that moment, so you kind of see him in a different light. Because he could have been like, fuck the pre- pregnant lady. She could sit on the fucking floor. Right? Exactly. Like, or you guys can, like, go to the washroom in your pants. <laughs> God. It's true. Or he just shot her right there, you know? Yeah, like, I would say if, he, if this movie was made today, they would have shot her. In the leg or something. And the lady would have been having the baby outside. <laughs> <laughs> no, she would have been the lady. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how much money this movie made its opening weekend? How much? Six hundred and one thousand eight hundred and fifty-one dollars. Isn't that crazy? I mean, for nineteen eighty 
Seven? Eight. But just to think, like, imagine a movie now making that much on its opening weekend. Those are like COVID numbers that we, we received. That's COVID That's, numbers right there. Uh, yeah, 600,000 roughly uh, from 1988 to now is about 1.3 million. But you also have to remember there were less theaters back in the late 80s compared to now. You know, you got to factor a lot of that in. Movie theater prices for tickets weren't that high either. So, yeah. That's pretty low. It's pretty low. But it did like make a worldwide gross and of 141 mil. That's why it only cost 28 million to make. To make so there yeah. was a pretty good profit on it. Oh, huge profit, yeah. And I mean, it makes sense why we've gotten so many sequels. Good or bad. Good or bad. The sequel made $240 million worldwide. And total? Total, yes. But it, so it made $100 million more. Die Hard with a Vengeance did $366 million worldwide. Again, over a hundred and like over a hundred million dollars more than right, the previous the one time. did. And then Live Free people, Die Hard got the hint. Yeah, around the same. And then A Good Day to Die Hard made three hundred and four million dollars. So it still made still made a good amount. But the budget was definitely bigger on that one. So Yeah. You know, Bruce Willis, he made $5 million making this movie. That's a lot of money at that time. Yeah, that was like, was that like unheard of at that time? It was super unheard of. Well, yeah, with a budget of $28 million, that's a quite a chunk of money just for the one actor. Yeah, Bruce Willis, who really hadn't proven himself, I guess you could say, right? I mean, he had Under the Boardwalk out, that song. Under the Boardwalk. It's true. It's true. <laughs> this guy, this guy, right now, he always plays a villain. This Asian dude, <laughs> he does. He's he always in, a uh, villain. He's in Total Recall as a thing as well, right? I think so. Yeah, uh, his name is. Uh, let me find it here. It's Al, Al Long. Long. Yeah, the typical nineteen eighty villain. Let's see. Big Trouble in Little China, Lethal Weapon, Die Hard. But I think I think villains too, um, as wrong as it was, like we saw a lot of like Asian villains as well too in that time period, right? With like yeah. against the Japanese and things like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no or one, like no one was like, like American. The Americans were always great, right? Yeah, he he was in quite a bit of movies too. Yeah. A lot of uncredited stuff. Yeah. Twenty four. He was also in twenty four. Yeah, he played Neil Choi. He was also in uh, Scorpion King as Asian Training Master. <laughs> oh my god. Remember that guy? Yeah, uh, what's your name, sir? I'm your Asian training man master. Uh, okay. Asian training master. Oh, okay. But we're in Egypt right now. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He's also in the movie Awesome Asian Bad Guys. So I did see that as well. Yeah. <laughs> like he chose that movie. He chose that movie. 
But I think that I think that's like a, a documentary, is it not? Uh, it doesn't look like a documentary from the poster. But well, it does. Synopsis. An action comedy about two offbeat filmmakers reuniting the Asian bad guys from action films from yeah, the 80s yeah. and 90s to carry like, off like, one. It's like a self-aware movie, sorry, not like a documentary, but like a... It's like a parody of, yeah, of the yeah. bad, like the... Yeah. But yeah, it's still, no. they, they chose the movie. Like, you know, yeah. I, it's not a documentary of any sorts. I think this guy right now is going to take any role that he gets. Shane, it's, it's funny though you said earlier in this commentary that did I? Yeah, you you were saying that like <laughs> you don't believe how people are this stupid, like the cops, how the cops right. are right now, right? And then you see them acting this stupid, and you're and you're like, no, I don't believe that. But again, I think if if 2020s taught us anything, oh yeah, is that there's no level of stupidity that is oh, unbelievable yeah. now. If people are if people are arguing against masks, then this is like nothing. But I mean, like, not even, not even just something like that. But I just mean, like, with just simple, like, yeah, even like just simple f- fact or what's happening. It's just, yeah. it's like, I, you know what? I, I'll, I'll take any, any plot a movie gives me. I believe it. If I the believe characters act dumb. I'll believe it. This year really taught me that. That like yeah. any movie that has anytime I've ever questioned something in the film, like that wouldn't be happening today. I'm totally wrong. That would totally happen. It's a fifty-fifty. You know. Yeah. And when you really look at it, there are people like this. You just were blinded by it, or you just didn't believe it. Now you you see it, and you, you know just, the fat rises to the top. The rise of the it surface shooketh. Ah, oh, shaisa. Why are these guys going so hard just to go into an empty room? Just relax. Dude, these missiles that they're taking out? I feel like I can skip my Duolingo lesson tonight and just watch this movie and learn all the German <laughs> I need. You know what's funny? There is only two actual German-speaking actors in the film. It's true. Everyone else was either... Yeah. It's uh, Bruce Willis... And uh, the guy who plays Argyle, Devereaux uh, Wright, right? I mean, like, I feel like there was a much better way for the LAPD to do that. Like, I feel like they should have been prepared, a little like, bit more prepared. Why are we going up concrete steps? Like, they have this ramp right to the side. Oh, God, Theo. Yeah, he's so annoying. And the quarterback is toast. So Die Hard was a novel? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was based off of the, uh, what's it called? It came out in 79. It's a good shot of him just literally putting an axe through the uh, elevator door. Nothing lasts forever, that's what it's called. That sounds like a James Bond film. Doesn't it? Nothing lasts forever. Who's singing the song? Though? Is it you, Anthony, or who's the artist? What you said it. You said it like diamonds are forever. Yeah, that's like, your doing the carnivorous song. Your nothing lasts forever <laughs> theme song. Nothing lasts forever theme song is sung by 
None other than. I feel like Anthony's doing the thing he does when we're doing what's the plot. Oh, it's been so and long. He'll, since and he'll keep what's the plot. And he keeps that. We should what's the plot a Christmas movie. We should. Um, and he's like, yeah, yeah, you know who stars in it? You won't believe who stars in it. You won't. I'm going to tell you who stars in it. You'll Timothy never guess. Chalamet. That. <laughs> <laughs> who does your? Who does your? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing lasts forever theme song, Anthony. It's sung by Takeshi Sixty Nine. Oh, oh Takashi sixty nine. Takeshi sounds like a that sounds like a Japanese like, guy. I was gonna say, isn't that the guy in this film? Who's <laughs> yeah. the villain? Yo, he's so, dead though. So, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, he's dead too. I'm surprised you didn't pick like a country singer. Like, oh, it's sung by uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's not it's not the actress it's a band named that it's i feel like she does have a very country sounding name she does have a very she literally has I mean, dallas her last just dallas in her name and her name her first name was bryce that sounds like a country singer is, dallas, sound like a country is singer. dallas an american word though i don't know if it's an american word but it's at least a very popular city I mean, if I, if, I, if you, if she said her name is like Dallas Bryce, like that sounds like a country singer, you know? For sure. The name Dallas is actually like a Scottish name. In case our, uh, she, she, she is Scottish, no? Or Irish or something like that. Because I think her ancestry is. From that time, from that that time, that that area, because all like you know, because she is a redhead, so it's like kind of brave, right? It sounds yeah. sounds right. I'm just stereotyping redheads to be Irish or Scottish or from that area of the island. They're all Princess Merida. <laughs> Merida. Oh, you're in charge. Oh. It's so descriptive. That's us right now watching this movie. What is <laughs> <laughs> really pretty unappreciated, Al. I love that line. <laughs> it's so good. That's really uh, personal. Did you guys ever have walkie-talkies growing up? We Not like a lot, but yes, I did. No. I feel like walkie-talkies were always, like, I, I, I had always had, like, the kid ones. Like, growing yes. up, I wanted, like, real ones. But, like, I didn't, like, you don't really realize that, like, yeah, anybody could really listen in on what you're... <laughs> On what channel you're on and stuff, right? Like that's that's weird. Do you guys think this movie would work in 2020? Same plot. Mm. So in terms of like, in terms of how this movie is being made right now, like, do you think like is there anything other than like the technology and stuff that you don't think would make it possible to happen in 2020? Well, there was a movie very similar to this with The Rock or Dwayne Johnson. Yes. Uh, 
Yes. The Sky, skyscraper. 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 Which is yeah. very similar. Yeah. But that yeah, right. that one that one was more like about because he was doing the security in the building and everything like that. Right. But just Have like the idea it? of like action sequence and I just don't think it would work nowadays. Cause I don't think like I watched that movie and I'm like, meh, I would watch Die Hard before I watched that film. Yeah, it's not a great film. It's not but a, a lot of film. films a lot of films take that use die hard as like a selling point and think, oh, it's die hard in space or it's die hard in you know, in the White House, Olympus has fallen. Like a lot of a lot of movies use the, the concept of one versus a million, you know? Yeah, oh god, here it is. I could give him to you. God, <laughs> such a sleazeball, man. Such a douche. You talking about Anthony or you're talking about uh Oh well the what are we watching right now? <laughs> now this movie was nominated for four Academy Awards. Was it now? Mm-hmm. Which ones? Uh Best Sound, Best Film Editing, Best Effects and sound effects editing, and best effects visual effects. Oh, wow. All nominees. Did not win. Did, did not win. Did not win. Uh, it lost, for sound effects, it lost to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. For visual effects, it lost to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, for editing, it lost to Who, Fra- who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> did it really? Yeah. I mean, you really can't be surprised. Who Framed Roger Rabbit was so ahead of his time. No, oh, yeah, a hundred percent. I did. It's just, it's just, it's just funny though. Like that. this movie did win though the best foreign language film at the Japanese Academy Awards. Oh wow! Yeah, which I mean, sure, it makes. That's sense. all you need, you know. It makes sense. It actually also won another best foreign language film at the Blue Ribbon. Uh, I'm not too sure what the Blue Ribbon is, but let's find out. I think it won the Crying Monkey Award as well, too. <laughs> it sounds like it, right? Blue Ribbon Award. Uh, you know what? I can't find it. Oh, it's also in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of Japanese people love Die Hard, I guess. That Coke looks really good, by the way. There's something about like 90s Coke cans where like they're not as round. They're more flat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, in 2007, he donated that undershirt to the Smithsonian. Really? Yeah. It's, it's up there right now, probably.
<laughs> Hans, baby, oh, booboo. Bay, put it with a gun. <laughs> oh, God. This guy would definitely be an anti-masker, too. Oh, for sure. He'd be like, I'm not, you're not going to take away my rights to breathe. So if that guy's the anti-masker, who is Hans, the ma- like the person who wants the mask on? Hans would definitely wear a mask. So is that like the whole, like, if you don't wear a mask, we'll just shoot you in the head? Is that the... That's, that was Hans' thing. He was like, listen, wear a mask, <laughs> or I shoot you in the head. I don't think that's, like, a good thing, though. Well, you know what? It's life. <laughs> No way, man. And after this, I'm going to go become a principal in a high school. <laughs> oh, it was before this, right, I guess? Yeah, it was before this. Yeah. So he, he left being a principal and uh, came to do this. Damn. Damn. So this is the FBI versus the LAPD. There's always a battle between these two, eh? <laughs> it's, their, it's their territory, you know? It's like OPP versus Peel Police. It's true. Damn. It sounds like a, a Greek in the Greek, sorry, a French yogurt. <laughs> Which one? The Liberté of Quebec. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's an Activia commercial for that. I think Celine Dion's, uh, that's her yogurt. And I love, I love how he like turns us around to make it seem like he's a lot bigger than they are. It's like, no, I want these people freed. And it's like, that's going to slow the police down so much. And really, he just is just talking about people that he's read about in magazines. Like, that's so smart. This is why Hans would wear a mask. He's a smart guy. What are your thoughts on people that say that this is not a Christmas movie? Well, they're wrong. I, I think everyone's entitled to their opinion, but like Anthony said, they're wrong. They're wrong. <laughs> so, that, that opinion is wrong. It's incorrect, you know? 
This is 100% a Christmas movie. It takes place literally on Christmas Eve or Christmas today. I, don't, I, I think it's Christmas Eve. There's a Christmas tree. They There's say Christmas guy. in it. The dead guy wearing a Santa hat. What Christmas doesn't have a dead person in a Santa hat? It checks all the boxes, personally. The only thing that's not Christmas is it takes place in LA. And because they don't have snow. doesn't have Christmas, yeah. <laughs> they don't have Christmas there. Yeah, Honestly, like, like as, as somebody who, who, who's been in LA during Christmas, they do have Christmas there. I'll be honest with you. They, they do celebrate they, they really there. They really go above and beyond for Christmas in LA to make up for the snow. Oh, okay. But, you know, it's still, still like not in an area that showcases Christmas like if, we were, if they were in the Eastern oh, of know, Hemisphere. Like New York, you mean? New York or Toronto. You can't go I mean, ice skating out in the friggin'. If you look at any Christmas New York. movie, it's it's pretty Sorry, much like Christmas New York. It's like New York at Christmas, right? Like that is that is a that's a movie Christmas. That's a cinema Christmas. Is like that New York City Christmas, you know? Yeah. But with global warming, they might get snow. Interesting. They might like reverse. You know, we might one get of my the um, one of my like must watch Christmas movies. Um, is actually Eloise at Christmas, which we watch every year um, since I was a kid. And Kevin Lima is the director of that, who was on our show. So if you want to hear us talk about that a little bit, make sure you go back and listen to our Kevin Lima episode of the movie podcast, because it's a great conversation. And I just remember, I'm like, oh yeah, he directed that movie, and it's New York City at Christmas. It's funny, I've been listening to the uh, Goofy Movie soundtrack Pretty much most of the day, I just kept listening to both Eye to Eye and uh, Stand Out. I love that movie. Not a Christmas movie, but directed by Kevin Lima, though. No, but you can watch Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, and there is a great uh, Goofy and Max, uh, I guess, segment in that, where it's mm. like... Have you, seen, have you seen that one? Have you guys seen yes. that one? Yes, I have. Uh, I have not. It's good. It's on Ye Olde Disney Plus, if you want to watch it. It's great. Stand up. I I heard people describe um, Benedict Cumberbatch doing an American accent as this right here. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch's English accent. Sorry, when I say English, I meant American. My apologies. Is is not great. You know what it is? I just think it's 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 almost has such a distinct sound to it that it's like it doesn't. Sa- Where is that from in the states? It just yeah. it just sounds like him not doing an accent. Yeah. So they never rehearsed the scene together because they wanted this to seem as uh, natural as possible, like their first meeting. He actually injured himself jumping that little dis like on the floor. Did he actually? Yeah, he injured himself. He injured his knee, tore some cartilage in his knee. Right, right. Can you believe that? This was the first day of shooting. This scene right now. Yeah. Or sorry, the first first uh, day for Alan Rickman's character mm-hmm. in terms of shooting. You could tell like he's standing on one leg to brace the pain. So funny. 
The little things that you learn. I think I just think the process of making movies is so magical. You know, like we like a simple shot, you know, could take days or weeks to do. Like and again, like I said I was watching like the Lord of the Rings, like behind the scenes and stuff, and obviously those are huge epic films, but like even a scene like this could have taken like you don't know like just like you said like he heard it like the cart uh, cartilage in his like in his knee or whatever right like it, it's just crazy to know the the stories that go behind the scenes when right these iconic films and scenes are being done mhm you kind of sound like hans <laughs> He does look like a Hans. I'm not gonna, he does. I'm not gonna lie. He also looked like a Hans. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> this is a great you know, bonding moment for them. Clay Aiken. Billy <laughs> Bill Clay. <laughs> Great little misdirection. Really great, and just again, he's like you see it in his face. He plays it so well. He's like, I, I like like Hans is thinking he just got the one up on him. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh my god, this guy is giving me everything, and mm-hmm. he got baited right into it. Oh, look at that! You know the TV version of the film, they changed it from Yippie Motherfucker to Yippie Melon Farmer? <laughs> melon little... Farmer. I think, we, I think we spoke about that on our censorship episode. Yeah. So good. Like, <laughs> like why? Because Melon Farmers, you know. Oops. just that run and gun was so funny and like his scream is so unnecessary in that moment too it sounds like a scream that was definitely 80 yard oh 100 percent. it just it just sounds so out of place like why would he why would he yell (laughs) oh my god his legs are shredded cheese man (laughs) there goes college soccer oh my god
Dude, he can see your hair. Come on, man. <laughs> Wait, what are you just going to say now? He's like, what? What language do we speak again? Uh, villain. Ah, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Man. Action movies love exploding glass. Yeah. But these guys haven't even changed around. <laughs> they have like infinite ammo. They're just all using light machine guns. This guy's such a piece of shit, too. He also played a scumbag in a lot of movies as well, I think. And the yeah. reporter? Yeah. I'm going to try to find out. What there's there's some people that, especially in the 80s and 90s, that they were just typecast as... Oh, big time. Always like, oh, you're always the villain. You're always the bad guy, or... Yeah, he was in Ghostbusters. He was a dick in that one, too. You know? He's dick number four in that one. Wow, he's been doing some weird movies now, though. What's he doing now? Uh, Just some of the ones that I came across. uh, One of them is called Totally Baked. It's it's about marijuana. Another one's called (laughs) I would hope so. Another one's called Kush. He has one called Ghouls. Uh, he did the Ghostbusters video game. He was probably the only person they were able to get back. <laughs> Whatever play it pays for the you know the mortgage, man. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Or pays the bills. Even freaking Bruce Willis. This guy's in the most randomest movies. He really is. The downfall of Bruce Willis as an actor. Yeah, he just does whatever now. Yeah. I feel like like him and like Mel Gibson and Liam Neeson, they're all just signed on to do the same movie over and over and over again now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys think we'll ever get that uh 
diehard prequel film? Uh, one day, yeah. Well, I'm just looking at I'm just looking at his list of movies that are announced, and he's signed on to do another Die Hard, but it's called McLean. Which is it's and that's the thing, right? Like it's such a like you there's such a good like you could do like old habits die hard. I think that would be such a good name for the ending of the series, like old habits die hard. Yeah, this like, series needs the name die hard in it. No, like don't don't make it called McLean. Like who that's such a boring name. Yeah, don't take away the title. Like that's it's like you've used the title so well all these years. Just keep going with it. Reminds me of like when Rambo did that and um, Rocky did that, where they just called it like uh, Balboa Stallone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was going to just say Stallone, <laughs> but won't people be confused? Who are you playing? I'm playing one of my characters. Oh, okay. I can I can almost give the pass <laughs> to Rocky for naming it Balboa because at least like you know it was like a relaunch Rocky of it, right? And Balboa, you know, like it makes sense. Um. But 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 Die Hard has had that naming convention. Yeah, you, know? you got to keep it Die Hard. There's actually a Die So there's a short, I guess, a commercial. Um, for batteries, and Bruce Willis is back as the tough John McClane in a new action-packed commercial for Die Hard Batteries, and it stars Theo Ar- Argyle and uh, Bruce Willis as John McClane. I got to see this commercial now. It's only two minutes. That's so funny. Yeah, so, and then and he reclaim and he kind of reprised his role as well too for the Lego movie. Yeah. That was a great uh, sequence. Great sequence. Emergency lighting activated. <clears throat> Here we go. No, 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 no. A great shot.
God, even the FBI agents are dumb. <laughs> yep. And like, why were they both Johnson and Johnson? It's so interesting. I'd say Die Hard is a is an essential watch for anybody, whether you like action films or not. Like I think it's something that you you have to watch. Do you think it's like on uh we we should we should try and hash out a a required watch list. You required know? viewing list. Do you yeah, think like like do you think it would make that list of like you need to see this movie, regardless of what you think about. Like I, it wouldn't be movie, right? like if it was like a top ten list, maybe not. But if it feels like top one hundred, top fifty. I'd I'd say yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think so too. Easily, it's just really good, and I think it's just really enjoyable. You know, it sits in around two hours, twelve minutes ish, um, but it's just a it's a fun ride all the way through. Yeah, it easily. That's it's 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 part of film history, man. Like it's yeah. it's one of those like just iconic films. Everybody knows this film. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's why it's in that registry. Like we talked about that. Yeah. We need to make our own registry. The movie True. podcast. The registry. movie podcast one. Jesus, fuck this guy. So she's not actually Spanish from what I understand as well, which is interesting. What do you mean? The actual actress is not Spanish. Oh. She's not Hispanic at all, yeah. But back in the 80s and 90s, that was okay. You could be white and playing a brown guy. Oh, for but, sure. I mean, I mean ben, ben Kingsley played Gandhi. It's true. Did he not win an Oscar for that? I think so. Wait, Ben Kingsley is not 
A little brown? Because <laughs> I think he is. He's got a little brown in him, but just it, it's it's. I don't know if it's enough though. His 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 name is Krishna Pandit Banji. Krishna Krishna Banji. Yeah, his his dad I think was a Kenyan-born medical doctor of Indian descent, and his mother was English. So he's half Indian, half English. So playing Gandhi must have been you know internal struggle for him. <laughs> I'm confused. He he's he's kind of he has a he has different backgrounds within his DNA. Oh, okay. But that but what I think to Shay's point it's like it could just be like the smallest of like, hey, you you have a tan today in the eighties or nineties. It'd be like, yeah, yeah, you're good. You could you could play, you could play Mexican or you could play um, South Asian. It's all good. That was the that was the mentality, and and luckily now, that's starting to change more in Hollywood, especially this year. But well, like as an actor, you should be able to play. You know, like you're an actor, you you play different roles. It doesn't have to be the race you know, your race of role. Right? Um, I think... And I know, I understand that sounds funny, but like, as an actor, you should be able to play different types of roles. I agree. I agree that actors should be able to play different types of roles. Like, and especially now, like, there was people talking about, oh, like, with... Scarlett Johansson, for example. Scarlett Johansson playing, um, uh, what were, like, oh, with, like, are you Ghost talking about in Ghost the in the Shell? Like Japanese characters? Yeah. <laughs> right, but I mean like but even with Ghost in the Shell, the context of that was that she was put into the body, right? So it's right. like But no, but I mean like with even like with playing like a gay character or playing a character that has a different uh, disability, like a lot of people uh believe and I don't think they're wrong either that they want to see representation of people from that community portray those characters so and and i and i understand from that point but i also get the fact that like you know actors want to play different roles too but when it comes to something of a race like i don't i always think of like robert downey jr playing uh like a black man in blackface in tropic thunder but -hmm. also that has to do with the context of how that's portrayed in the film which i think is okay but if robert downey jr just wanted to come out and be like, you know what? I want to play a black man now in a movie. I'd be like, well, that's a little weird. That's, that's not right. Like, I, yeah, I think, but that's understandable. 100%. I think of um, uh, Emma Stone in Aloha, for example. Yeah. Like, was it half Japanese? Or- she has some, uh, some type of Asian ancestry in her. And I'm like, right. Huh? And it's just kind of like, but why? Like, you didn't need to do that, you know? Yeah, it's strange. But I'm all, but I'm all for actors, of course acting and and finding different characters and doing that but i think when it comes to certain ethnicities it's a little strange when you see yeah i think you know stick to your race (laughs) oh gosh but uh (laughs) it's so threatening sounding it does sound a little threatening but you know what i'll I'll give the past to ben if i want to play aladdin i should be able to play aladdin hell no because maybe i'm a dude named aladdin like that could happen you could be that could happen there's so many white hispanics that i know that don't look Wait, hispanic. hispanics <laughs> there, there is very fair hispanics out there you go to spain they're all fair 
Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're nice there. If you, yeah, if but, you but, but go to a also, lot of Central but, American cities, there are a lot of fair... But that's Western European, though. So, like, like as a as a Portuguese man, like a lot of you us don't are look Portuguese. different. Right, I look. I'm more. I guess You're more fair, fair, right? Even right, for me, but, my but my ancestry is very very dark. You know, like I there's that's I guess like East uh, sorry Western Europeans are still considered like European is considered white, right? Even mm. though like uh, I, like as as. Parents see, I who think have, are immigrants here. Like I right. always think of, like I don't think of my like I think of myself. Yes, I'm a white person, but like when I think of white, I always think of like like sorry plain. To, sorry to cut you guys off real quick, but this is definitely Daniel and Anthony fighting. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's just that's it's Anthony just, fighting to play Aladdin, just, and that's me. Just like Anthony, you can't no, play Aladdin. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna say shake Anthony in Italian because motherfucker looks Italian to me. Hey man, someone told me at work once that they thought I was Italian for the past six years. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, really? I remember when you hey, told me that? I'm like, really? Maybe? My name's Shabazz. So, dude, I was okay. So, I was watching Skyfall. I'm not Skyfall. Sorry, yeah, Casino Royale, and. You remember Solange from her the first uh, the 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 female actress that Bond meets at the yeah. I thought she was Arab. No, oh, she's fucking Italian. I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, I but she was- Arabs and Italians they get mixed a lot. Like I know that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so yeah. I can play friggin' Aladdin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's where you're going with this. Oh, I was wondering where you're going with this. My ah, mom gets my got mom. You guys. <laughs> my mom gets asked. She's like, uh, like if she's like Arabic or if she's like Egyptian. I'm like, no, nah, she's just Portuguese. But like that, yeah, that's your funny mom looks that Egyptian. She, I can see that. Yeah, she definitely does. Uh, I never get brown. I barely ever get brown. Like it's it's only like in the once in a while. It's interesting how how. Uh, we got to this conversation from <laughs> Die Hard. <laughs> People watching this movie right now with our commentary are like, guys, get back on track here. <laughs> We're, I, but this is the thing. I love John McClane's, like, I don't know how to talk to these people. They're all panicking. I need to shoot so they run away. Mm-hmm. Let's, write, let's get right to the point. Great. This is uh I don't understand how they missed. They literally had the clearest shot. <laughs> but then the helicopter, it's moving, you know, it's hard. Watching um John McClane run though, nobody runs better than Tom Cruise in a film. No, nobody. No. You know who's a good runner? Who? Mel Gibson in the Lethal Weapon series. Because he was runs in, uh, and Braveheart too. Yeah. I haven't seen him in Brave. I don't remember Braveheart that much to see him run, but Lethal Weapon. I he saw him chase down a car. He ran in a kilt. Remember that. Also, a fireman hose is really heavy. So, you know, damn. I, I wouldn't trust that man. Yeah, it's a lot happening right now.
great explosion. That's the thing with 80s films, man. They have some of the best explosions in movies. You know who has some of the worst explosions in their movies? Uh, tell me. Michael Bay. Yeah. I could see that. They all look like fireworks. They, they all look just like, like fireworks explosions. going off, yeah. yeah. Especially in the Transformers movies. Oh, God. Come on, John. You got this. Reminds me a lot of Mission Impossible 4. Very much. Yeah. Ghost Protocol. Come on, John, you got this. Someone down there is super unlucky right now. They just got hit in the head <laughs> by uh, fire. Hose. They just run right out of the, the <laughs> fire <that>? escape. <laughs> One of the old guys got uh, hit in the head by some rubble. Funny. I don't condone that, by the way. I just want to make that clear. I feel like a lot of office buildings in the 80s always had some sort of pond. They did. A little quite like pond. Flower pond. Oh, for sure. For sure. In the middle of the office. Yeah. And I, and I think that kind of goes back to like that Japanese inspired kind of look of the eighties that a lot of like modern buildings had at that time. Like, mm-hmm. oh, let's make this look like just different and we'll have a a, a peace garden in here. Also mm-hmm. the end of Die Hard five die hard is it die hard with no what's it good day to die hard yeah what about that one it it ends in a very similar fashion as the first movie i think it's like in a the, the bottom of a building i remember that there was some water and i remember an explosion as well yeah but i mean th- that could be all die hard movies to be honest with you <laughs> <laughs> the only one that really felt different was i think live free live free yeah was super like off the success of you know mission impossible three and like Fast-paced action. The way he gallops is pretty funny. I mean, he has—he just has glass in his feet, man. You're telling me that a guy from New York has never had glass in his feet before? Come on, that's like yeah. half of New York right there. I stand corrected. I stand on glass corrected. <laughs> I stand in pain corrected. That's it. Two bullets. One for you and one for your friend. Mm, So sinister the way he's driving. Fun fact for you about Live Free Die Hard since we were talking about it. Live Free Die Hard was the first movie to include a digital copy with a DVD. Oh, wow. That didn't really seem like a strong punch, but Argyle kicked his ass. Damn. Oh. <laughs> that guy's like, I'm just trying to escape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. The old, I got your wife. <laughs> is, that, is that the old I got your wife? <laughs> it's a classic. Hans is doing the old I got your wife routine. Hi, honey. The Japanese movie print for Die Hard looks pretty dope. Oh, you gotta send that. Uh... 
This right here is literally Anthony holding a gun to my head and Daniel limping towards us to save me. <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> you're not supposed to play Aladdin. Let Shay play him. <laughs> no. If Shay I play- don't play Aladdin, <laughs> no one can play Aladdin. Who am I going to play, Anthony? You can play anyone you want, man. You can play the German. I don't give you a fuck. What, what German? Fucking Hans. No. <laughs> Nine, this is mine. Damn, this guy's throwing bars out here, too. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm also a big fan of movies that reference movies. Me too. Melon uh, Farmer. <laughs> <laughs> I remember owning the VHS for this movie. Mm-hmm. And I remember like seeing like CBS Fox. Remember that on the corner on the stem? Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to send you a picture. I didn't have this on. I don't have this on VHS. And it was like now looking back at it, I'm like, how did how did that work? Yeah, I did not own this movie on VHS. It was on TV so often that I think I just kind of like I didn't own it until Blu-ray. I think. Really? Well, I never did. DVDs really like I never collected DVDs. I collected VHS and then I went to Blu-ray and then I went digital. This scene is so good. So good. What a great cut. Iconic right there. That's Anthony leaving when we're done recording. It looks really like it was so well done. The green screen on that, especially during that time. Yeah, it was. It was really well it done. It wasn't rushed. It wasn't like it was properly lit. And it looked like it actually happened. What a disaster. Everything everything is destroyed. And every like news reporter had a creepy van like that, you know? You just don't see that nowadays. You don't see the creepy vans anymore. That's true. That's very true. Anybody got shoes I can borrow? Please. (laughs) (laughs) Did they frighten you at all? (laughs) He just knew, eh? He's like, my boy.
One of the wicked attention there, McLean. <laughs> Again, just when you think it's over. <laughs> Carl Winslow with the win, eh? Carl fucking Winslow. You know, I never actually, growing up, I watched a little bit of Family Matters, but I never really was into the Steve Urkel. Did I do that? Yeah. Yeah, that show, like, I, I watched it growing up, but it definitely turned into, like, the Steve Urkel show. Oh, which, easily. Um, which I think keeps it out of the best sitcoms of history because it turned too much into the Steve Urkel show when he was just supposed to be the annoying neighbor. But yeah, Urkel became such a, a character in that show that it, it, it literally just it dissolved everything else. Mm-hmm. God, poor Julia White, you know, it's probably all he's ever asked to do. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do the line against do the line again, Jaleel. Okay. <laughs> do the line again, Bart. I don't know, seems pretty okay with everything, you know? First day on the job. He was cool with it, man. He was cool. He was pretty chill. See, again, more evidence that it's a Christmas movie. You don't That's how you movie. end it, you know? Yeah, you don't end a movie with, with this song and say it's not a Christmas movie. Wow, we did it. Like, that was... Guys, we're here. We're here. We made it to the ending. We died die. hard. We died hard together. I'm glad we were able to die hard together. Yeah. Yeah, man. Anthony, Any... you will not be playing Aladdin. I'm sorry. <laughs> what is it? Wh- before we wrap up, what are your guys' favorite, like, favorite moments from this film? What, what would you say is your all-time favorite? For me, it probably would be um, when he's in the he's in the vent in the shaft in the ventilator shaft, and he's just talking to himself, and he's like. You know, come out, come out to LA, join. You know, spend some time come with out the, to the family. Coast, well, yeah. Time, yeah. And he has, and he's using the the lighter as a you know his light source, and it just it's so well shot and lit. It really is. It looked really, really good. Um, yeah, I think it's for me that as well. And hmm. I think when right when he meets Hans as well in that uh, in that uh, great sequence, will they won't they moment? I love I love the shot of Hans falling from the building. It's just it's such a iconic moment. But again, this this film is filled with those moments, and it has earned its place in the film registry. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. that was our Christmas commentary for Die Hard. Will we have more commentaries this year? We don't know. Tell us if you like us. If you made it to the end of this commentary, 
let us know. Maybe we got some more plans. Yeah. Uh, but of course, you could catch a brand new episode of the movie podcast every single Monday across all your favorite podcast services. You could also subscribe to our feed to get all um, movie reviews and TV show reviews as well, too. We're going into December. and There's lots of new movies coming out. So make sure you subscribe to the movie podcast to get all of our reviews as soon as they are ready um you could also follow us on instagram and twitter at the movie podcast and write into this time with.com slash talk to be part of the show that was our commentary and thanks so much for listening